I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Carlton Blue, our inside body more show match preview for Aston Villa versus Manchester United this Sunday at Villa Park. I'm Dan Rowlandson, joined for this one by John Townley. John, before we get into the specifics of the show, huge game, isn't it, this? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Biggest game of the season so far for, well, for one reason, really, it's a six-pointer. Yeah. Um, race for top four, top five, whoever, you know, you really want to look at it. Um but Villa, you know, at this moment in time, fourth, they've hit a bit of a dip in the last month or so, I guess. Weeks or so, yeah. Yeah, possibly longer. And United typically uh, look on the way up. <laughs> and I think they've won three in a row, won four out of the last five. So it's going to be a very difficult game. It was always going to be a difficult game, I think, because um, you know what United are like. But yeah, this game is um, it's massive. There's no one, there's no other way of. Um, talking about it and we'll get onto it in the press conference in a minute but Emery never really kind of plays into um you know the occasion of a match I suppose but um he called this uh you know he didn't say six pointer but he said in his own way like this is a match for six points basically um yeah and it has the feeling of a huge game it's you know Villa go 11 points or United go five points um behind us so it is yeah it, in every way, it's massive and it's not a game that I've been looking forward to, to be honest, because these types of games just get stressed about and I can't stop thinking about them. Um, mm. We said this, didn't we, in the show that we did on Monday, if you could only win one in that stupid fantasy of Chelsea or Man United, we both kind of went for Man United in the end. Obviously, we lost on Wednesday in the Cup, so we've kind of got half of, the, half of it out of the way now. If we do beat Man United at the weekend, that will be massive to, to open up like that to 11 points, to not specifically just that it's to Man United, but to sixth place, to the Europa League, if, if we're all expecting fifth to be Champions League. To be 11 points kind of safe of dropping out of that, uh, dropping out of contention is... Obviously, there's still a long way to go. We're in February. The games are going to come thick and fast as we get into the Conference League and all the things we've talked about. We haven't got the FA Cup to worry about now, though, have we? So that's one less thing to think about. But if that is 11 points come Sunday night, that's that's a massive psychological thing to have that that buffer. You know, it's it's four games where we have to basically lose four and Man United have to win four to to close that gap. It's not impossible, but it does feel unlikely that that kind of points gap would be overturned, in my opinion. Which is a bold thing to say. You're right with that facial expression. I'd rather it be 11 points than five. Five feels like nothing five is nothing it really yeah. is nothing you know i keep saying that up until our first game in the conference you know when we return to european duties we need to have amassed as many points as we possibly can because that will then feel yeah. like a season altogether i've 
put a piece out earlier this morning and not that I have like a massive influence about what's going to happen at Villa Park on the Sunday, but I just kind of wanted to pen my thoughts on like, you know, whatever happens, that the atmosphere has to be bang on on Sunday. I don't think it has mm. been, in all honesty, um, for the Newcastle game or the Chelsea games. And I think that's, you know, partially because the Newcastle game was, you know, they scored two goals, you know, kind of back to back. And it was it was a strange atmosphere because I think I don't think Villa really got going in the game until Bailey came on. So, you know, I'm not this isn't me criticizing sports because it's, you know, how do you create an atmosphere when when it's quite dull? And it does, you know, matter what the players do on the pitch. But I just think going into Sunday, we all know the magnitude of the game and we can't hide it. Do you know what I mean? We, we just can't. We know it's a massive match and the biggest game of the season so far. Yeah, the atmosphere has to be bang on and um, I hope that the 40,000 fans that are there will deliver and they'll have, obviously, the full backing of the team. But I hope it can, um, you know, really play out in our favour because of the fans. We know what they can do for the, the team, whether we go behind or whether we start slowly or whatever it may be. For those, you know, for that for that ninety minutes, it has to be um, as raw as it can be because we know Villa Park is the best home advantage that that we can have. You know, it, it is so, or that many teams could have. It's one of the best in the league. So yeah, we know what we've done in the last since February of last year, so twelve months. You know, yeah. winning sixteen out of seventeen, then losing twice in a row. Granted, um, but we know how good it can be. And for United, it's it's so imperative that they come to Villa Park and they feel. Um, you know, a powerful crowd against them, I suppose. I, I do think the last two games and how we've struggled and how the crowd has been a bit dull because, granted, the players haven't played very well and that is the reason, I think, um, that Emery kind of fired, try to fire fire, um, fire the fans up, really, and say, listen, we need everyone individually to be back in the team. Yeah, I didn't flash up the, the presser kind of video clip card thing as we started talking there because we we're, were going to do them in little segments, but you've referenced the press conference a few times there. Is that the kind of key message you felt at Bodymore today that kind of we're all, we're all in this together? Let's let's rally behind this because this is a massive game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Emery might have said this anyway, but I just do think because, um, as I say, I think it's been a bit dull on you know in terms of the atmosphere. But again, I'm not. It's not criticism. I'm just saying that because. Um, well, that's just how it is. I don't think the players have particularly helped because they haven't started games well. Mm-hmm. But Emery, yeah, mentioned it a few times that the fans. You know, not again, not 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 as a criticism, but as a kind of a motivation of we're all in this and we we can all play play a part um, in what would be a massive win. You know, it's this is this is more than three points. And Emery always says, "Oh, it's the next game." And um, he said something along the lines of, "We've done match day one, match day two, match day five, match day twenty-two. This is just match day twenty-four. Almost as if like every game is the same." Um, mm. You try to kind of play that card as well but at the same time he called it like a six-pointer and he um, referenced how important it could be Ten Hag himself um, didn't say this game specifically as a cup final but he said that all of Man United's games until the end of the season are now cup finals because um, because of the position that they found themselves in you know in the turn of the new year because of the poor start they had but now they have picked up a mm. bit um, yeah. but again this, as you said earlier Dan this would be huge for um, kind of psychological reasons because Firstly, for us, because we've been in a bit of a blip, if we can then stretch to 11 points. It's like, oh, we can breathe a bit and kind of um, not less pressure, but we can go into games not knowing that um, or knowing, sorry, that even if we were, you know, in the 80th minute, we need a goal, we're not frantically getting the ball forward. It's still composed and we know we can still win a match. Uh, and then for United to have turned a corner or seemingly turned a corner, but then if they come to Villa Park and lose to a team who will presumably be a rival for Champions League football come May. That'll be a massive um, kind of dent for them. 
injury update is next. And the biggest talking point is something we've been speaking about for a long time. Where the hell is Pau Torres? He's back in contention, isn't he, for Sunday? That's that's really big as well, isn't it? Obviously, returned to the bench against Chelsea, but was never going to um, start the game. You know, whether he'd come on or not, I think that was only in case Longley. Or maybe there was, no, I don't know, two injuries or something and Torres was there for... Yeah, um, also were winning comfortably. Yeah, possibly. Could maybe start on... Um, Sunday, we'll see. Again, Emery didn't say that or uh, mention that specifically, but um, hopefully, but I'd say hopefully as long as he's fully fit, because what we don't want is obviously a third uh, third time that he aggravates his yeah. ankle injury. So we'll see. It would obviously be a huge boost if he does play from the off. And again, Longley, I don't think it's been particularly uh, poor. In the Chelsea game, you can't single anyone out because it was a bad performance, uh, kind of full stop. Um, but Longley, I think, has been... You know, fine when he's played. It's just that he's not yeah. Paul Torres. Um, yeah, it's the same thing as if we were playing a reserve goalkeeper that was is still decent. Yeah. They're not Emi Martinez, are they? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When teams know to come and sit in on the midfielders and stop us playing out from the back, basically, Pau Torres is sort of the kind of key person to unlock that and bypass the midfield with a with a, a killer pass that frankly none of the other players we've got in defence you know whilst they might be decent on the ball they're not Pau yeah. Torres they, they're not the same so if he's fit ready to start on Sunday and there isn't any risk of aggravating, aggravating injury for a third time it's an absolute absolute no-brainer that he comes back in with Conte obviously missing as well you want that back four to, to be bolstered by Torres don't you absolutely yeah for sure and you know it's just a shame that that would kind of go some way to curing one thing in terms of how we progress the ball and dominate teams and in their own half. That's what Torres brings. But then why it's a shame that you can't have the kind of balance then of Conte playing on the right and then instead Carlos is playing there when he's rarely played with Matty Cash and then how does that dynamic work? Didn't work well against Chelsea. Again, not singling anyone out, but it's hardly a kind of I'm not particularly confident let's say that on that side of the defence um, Emery said himself that Cash would often play because of his kind of attacking qualities rather than defensively not not say he's a bad defender but Conser is a good defender or a better defender than Matt Cash and if you're any opposition team I mean we're not <laughs> uh, UEFA a licensed coach or anything but you can tell that well okay we'll, t- we'll attack down the right because that's where Villa's vulnerability will be because Emery clearly wanted to have more security there with concert which again has a knock-on effect um, across the team so that is a worry for me especially coming up, coming up against a man united team that um they're not necessarily free scoring but they make chances and they've got mm. very quick dynamic um attackers as well that will hit you on transition so yeah it's ugh, mate the more i talk about it the more this this guy on sunday is just <laughs> just you must want it to be um, postponed for a couple of weeks and just have a. Do you know what I mean? I should be excited. No, but it feels like we're, you know, I don't want to say we're on the slide. We're on the slide at all because injuries have hampered us as well. So it's not anyone's fault. But that, do you know what I mean? Those are just the facts of the situation, which is a shame because there's not much we can do about injuries. Um, but they have made a difference to us. And yeah, mm. I just hope that confidence isn't an issue on Sunday. And again, it goes back to the point that Emery made that. 
weird making as well. Villa Park has to be um, on top form because that will again go. Even if it gives us five percent more chance of winning, that's that's a big slice. Um, considering you know, what a big game it is. Mm. Luca Dean's also back in contention in as well. That's that's a, a nice little boost. I highly doubt he'll play on Sunday. He's only just returned to training, so he could be in the squad. Was the um, message from Emery and. Yeah, good to see him back because obviously, as I said earlier, the games will be coming thick and fast um, starting from next month. So if he can get back up to full speed, um, who have we got after United? I think it's Fulham away than Forest at home, I think. So, um, yeah, those two games, hopefully you can get some minutes there and we can kind of plough on first conference league game back around 16 at the start of next month. And yeah, hopefully by then we'll start to see some more players come back and back to full fitness. I think that's key. Uh, this is the big one now. It's uh, the the six pointer. Is it going to be eleven points or five points? Is it, will it just be eight points? What team do you think Emery will, will put out to try and make it eleven points? You got Torres in contention. You got Dean in contention. There's a couple of more options available now too. Unai Emery. How do you think he will line up? I think unchanged. To be honest, I th- do you think? I think so. I mean Torres will play if he's fully fit to do so and if Emery is told and he feels confident enough in his body to play I'm you know 100% sure he will play if that's the case um mm. if they're a bit more cautious then Longley will play and um I think you know I'm okay basically whatever happens in terms of that situation I'm happy with because if Torres isn't playing well then clearly he isn't completely ready to play so and therefore I don't want him to play um but if he is playing then he should be 100% to play so um yeah I think unchanged, which is a bit boring. But yeah, you've got you really to shut down this podcast segment, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, trying to get every last second out. No, you've got Diaby on the bench, who um, when he came on against Chelsea, against Chelsea, yeah, yeah, I mean, he didn't kind of make a massive impact in terms of before he scored. Um, mm. That might sound a bit critical, but you just need that bit of confidence from him, and hopefully he's got that now. Uh, so I'd almost leave him in reserve to bring off the um, bring off the bench because if he's not. Um, on the bench, then who comes off? Sorry, who comes on to make that impact? If it's not Diaby, I don't know who who it would be. Zaniolo scored against Sheffield United, but there's been little to, to suggest that he'd come on and change a game for Villa. Um, so I, I'd probably go with unchanged. I don't think there's a whole lot you can do unless mm. he kind of pulls out something wild and um, puts Torres almost like a left back, almost like a double concert. And then you've got Longley and Carlos. So basically, that. Um, situation of Conte playing right back is then flipped to a Torres mm. playing on the other side, and then you work it the other way, and kind of you know you put a mirror on the two elevens, um, if that makes sense. I don't think that's what he'll do, but he tried <laughs> something similar in pre-season, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I would say that didn't work though. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that's what will happen. But that would be the only other way of playing, I think, if you want to um, kind of try and be more defensively secure, potentially. I'd probably just go and change. But again, that's dependent on Longley and Torres. I don't think there's a whole lot else we, we could do unless Tielemans drops out. But again, I don't think that would be the case. So, mm. I like how you try to save the segment there by offering something different. I, I, I appreciate that by talking about Torres playing left-back, which I don't Rumbling, think he'll do either. Rumbling back to America, what did I see against Brent? <laughs> so that's Martinez in goal, Cash... Uh, Carlos Longley if Pau Torres is not 100% mm-hmm. and Moreno Kamara and Louise in midfield McGinn on the right Tiedemann's off the left Bailey and Watkins up front yep it just feels a bit predictable though doesn't it and that's where I'm a bit like 
I wouldn't be surprised to see changes. You know, you, you don't need to be a tactical expert to know where to get at this Villa team. And Chelsea and Newcastle mm. have both done pretty similar things and won 3-1 and Villa haven't really been in the game. So that does concern me that if we don't change it, it kind of leaves ourselves wide open to losing the match. Do you think there's a possibility of McGinn off the left side rather than the right and Bailey and Diaby both playing in a swap for Tielemans? Yeah, again, this is some, these, this is the kind of the other option, I suppose, of what um, Emery could do because of what we've just mentioned. Then you almost feel like we need to freshen it up some somehow, some way. Uh, that doesn't need to be this need to be the expense of our Emery always says like our way or our idea, uh, and we need to mm. be consistent in that. But it just feels like in the last two games, oh, I mean, it doesn't feel like we've seen what we've seen, and it wasn't very good. Yeah, um, yeah. And Emery will be fully aware of that, and I don't expect us just to play the same team and play in exactly the same way. However, it feels like if we don't make a few changes, then we will be you know, susceptible to something that United will be ready for, should we say. Um, and again, with the players that they've got, they aren't the world-class players they've had previously down the years, but they're players that I know could have joy against us in the way that we have been playing. So yeah, we'll see. But in terms of personnel, there isn't a whole lot you could bring off the bench apart from Diaby, to be honest. So yeah. Mm. Um, that's why I'd be surprised to see many changes, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. I think that's a, a fair assessment uh, with the information that we have at the moment. Let's end the show then with predictions. The last time out we did this was obviously for the Sheffield United game. We don't do the preview show for cup games, but I don't think either of us would have predicted uh, a 3-1 defeat to Chelsea anyway. So, nil poire for both of us, I would have I would have thought. The first Premier League games of 2024, Everton, we both predicted Villa to win and we drew. No points. Newcastle, we both predicted Villa to win, and obviously we lost, no points. Sheffield United, we both predicted Villa to win. I went 4-1, you went 2-1, and of course it was 5-0, so a point each for both of us. I did get five goals, but it's just not quite in the right order. So it's Man United at home, massive, massive game, big, big talk about uh, a five-point gap or 11-point gap or the eight-point gap when we all inevitably draw, which to be honest, I would be okay with I think oh, I don't know would I be I don't know that's um, going to be in the 80th minute <laughs> yeah if we're losing 1-0 towards the end I'd be very happy with the draw yeah I'm going to just sit on the fence mate and say 2 all. Um, oh Desmond I'm, I don't feel confident if I'm being honest and I think that is the kind of um, you know what we said before about Man United it seems to be that even at Villa's best moment and United's perceived worst moment um, we're turning up at half time and we still go on to lose the game it's just yeah yeah. in in a weird way Villa came into this having won 18 out of 18 at home and had won the last three games on the bounce and United were in that bad position they were I still would feel trepidation so I still be thinking well they'll be the one to stop it yeah exactly so I'm, I'm trying to tell myself that I'd be feeling like this anyway so that shouldn't Cloud my judgment of Villa not being particularly good recently at home. But yeah, I can't kind of go away from those feelings of Newcastle weren't good, Chelsea weren't good, uh, and United are playing with a bit of swagger now. So um, I'll mm. say it's a draw, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't even take it to be honest. Again, I, it all depends how we start the match, to be honest. But yeah, um, yeah definitely. It's all draw. I think I'm just fixated on the, the thing of do not lose. So if we were to draw, I think, okay, well, we've achieved the fact of we didn't lose and we didn't we didn't right. let that kind of lead, that, that gap go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You can look at it from both ways. I'm going to act as, I mean, we've, like I said, just we've both predicted Villa to win every game of 2024. So as a differential, you've gone with the draw. I am going to go with the win because I always do, uh, which is probably silly of me and say 3-2 the reverse of the, the fixture on Boxing Day. I just yeah. think it's one of those ones that 
we'll only win by outscoring them, which is a very Mark Lowen thing to say. I don't mean that in the literal sense. If we score more goals, we'll win, obviously. <laughs> say that again. We'll only win by scoring we'll only, more goals. We'll only win, we'll only win if, we, uh, if we score more goals than Man United. I mean it in the sense that I think we'll concede goals. The only way we'll win is by outscoring them. I think we'll concede. Yeah, that, that, oh, that would be the case, yeah. I've said two goals. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not just a case that well, if we win one nil, that's great, or two one. Obviously, you've yeah, outscored them then yeah. as well. But do you know what I mean? I think we'll go behind at some point and have to come back. That's how I envisage it going. United will score, and I've gone for two. So we need to outscore them and have a great game and score three goals, even to have a, to stand a chance of getting anything. And I can imagine United scoring twice. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. Well, well, I said two all, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like a game that will be caged and Villa managed to win it 1-0. It, just, it doesn't have that feeling nah, of it. Nah. And I'd absolutely die for a 1-0 win. Yeah, let's just see what happens. Roll on Sunday. Yeah, let's uh, get out of the way, basically. Uh, we did a combined 11 on Friday evening. Obviously, this has come out today on, on Saturday lunchtime or, or whatever it is. I've decided to upload it as. And the post-match reaction will be back on Sunday evening. That'll be me and Matt Kendrick for that one. So, John, thanks for your time this evening recording this one. Thanks to everyone who's watched along on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review. They are immensely helpful. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down to the comments and get involved in our conversation as well. We appreciate your uh, support as always. We'll see you again next time on Sunday evening. Yeah, let's just get this game out of the way. Cheers, everyone. We'll see you soon.